You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. to another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Poulos, and today I'm bringing you a great conversation with Fred Stubeck. Fred is the author of the book, It Starts With You, Turn Your Goals Into Success. I'm about halfway through it myself, and I highly recommend it to anyone who's looking to kickstart a business, a team, a program, and just their personal life in general. Fred has been highly successful in the business world where he has held senior leadership positions in private and public companies, both domestically and internationally. His key successes include an international medical imaging startup that led to a successful IPO and forming a private medical services company, which he subsequently sold as well. Fred is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy and was a quarterback on the football team there. He's also a member of the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame for achievements in football, basketball, baseball, and track in high school, where he was a captain for three out of those four sports. Today, we'll jump around from his time in high school to his business ventures and everything in between. A continual theme is the importance of personal accountability and self-awareness and how it pertains to leadership on and off the field. To learn more about Fred and his book, please visit itstartswithyou.net. I hope you enjoy our conversation today on the Captain's Coach Podcast. Enjoy. Fred Stuvak, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Luke, thank you for having me on, sir. It's, uh, It's a privilege. And uh, I know your book has been out for, for a little bit of time now. It starts with you, turn your goals into success. And you draw a lot from your experiences. You were an outstanding high school athlete in Pennsylvania and then on the football team at the Naval Academy. And you've had great success in the, in the private sector, in the business world. Could you just start by kind of laying out your background um, from, from your time in high school sports all the way through present day and, and how you you came to write your own book. Absolutely, Luke. Um, I was born in West Virginia and and raised in Southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, I was raised in a small coal mining town. Uh, My father was a school teacher and we had a large family. Town was uh, full of good, hard working people with a solid uh, work ethic. Um, I played a lot of sports in high school. There were four seasons there, Luke. I've said this on, on a couple podcasts. And, uh, there was, uh, was fall, there was football, basketball, baseball, and track. And I participated in all four of those seasons. Uh, and one, you know, one of the reasons I did that is to get a college education because I knew that since my parents did not have the wherewithal to send me to college, I would have to find a way to make one. But I, I was recruited by a number of schools and decided to go to the Naval Academy. And I played football and lettered at quarterback for three years. After graduation, I was commissioned and served for five years. And after my military service, I transitioned to the business world where I had a diverse range of experience in both the public and private settings, including a successful IPO and later starting up and selling my own company. 
I've also traveled extensively, done a lot of business in the international arena, have close to 7 million frequent flyer miles. Awesome. And, and again, those, those experiences have really shaped who you are and your, and your leadership mentality and your philosophy to go along with that. And starting with your, your time in high school sports, I know you're a captain for at least one team. Um, were you a captain for, for multiple sports throughout high school? Yes. Uh, for the, for the football team and for the basketball team and for the track team. So three out of four. Awesome. And I know there are definitely some, some challenges that go along with being a captain for, for multiple teams, especially when those sports are in differing seasons. You don't get the same uh, amount of time to spend with your teammates in the off season. So what were some of the challenges that you came across in, in that aspect? And what were some ways that you kind of overcame those? Well, the first thing is if, is, you know, you are what you, the difference between who you are and what you want to be is what you do. In other words, actions speak louder than words. So if you're a, a captain or doing anything for that matter, your actions speak louder than words and you need to, you know, set, you need to set the example. You need to practice what the coach is preaching and what you are preaching since the two of you should be conjoined so to speak. Uh, you, you also need to get to know your, your teammates and you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in the team and, and, and have a vision, chart a course, so to speak. But you also understand that each team is a collection of individuals and there's not one size that fits all. Everybody has their own, you know, hot button, so to speak. Uh, there, there are certain things that motivate certain people. So you have to get to know your teammates because if you cannot empathize and relate to them, they're not going to relate to you. So from that standpoint, getting to know your teammates as much as you can and communicating and being open with them, being upfront, being honest, setting the right example, having complete integrity and always being open, being accountable and just remember, your criticism uh, is, is, is not a negative. It, it, it's only if you respond neg negatively to it. So keep an open environment and be open to any input and just, you know, keep the door open, so to speak, and, and, and just, uh, you know, be, be available for your teammates and, you know, take that input and, and support them. Because if you have their back, they'll have your back. Yeah, I really like that, what you just said about criticism. You know, criticism is, is only exactly that. It's, it's just criticism. What defines it is what you do with it afterwards. It's, it's how you respond to that criticism. And it's interesting you brought up the relationship aspect of leadership. And I think that's been a, a common theme throughout the shows thus far and, and talking a little bit before the show with you. I know at, at the Naval Academy, obviously, there's a lot of inherent leadership training that goes into that outside of the athletic programs, just through the school and the, the military training. But I, I know you had mentioned there are some things that, that the football team specifically really tried to do in terms of your activities off of the, the football field. And, and if you could give some insight into kind of some things you guys did behind the scenes that really helped develop your team cohesion. Yeah, the, the 
No, I'll refer mostly to the Naval Academy here because there wasn't that much time in high school. Uh, a different environment, different uh, set of circumstances. But at the Naval Academy, we had a fairly rigorous uh, routine. I mean, we, we had a very a heavy academic load, 18, 19 credits, uh, very technical engineering, celestial navigation, uh, et cetera. Uh, I, I shudder when I think about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, we, so there was a lot of classroom work, a lot of studying that was required. And we had our military obligations, our training. And then you had your practice and you had your games, and you had your travel. So as a result, we spent so much time in activities and doing things that we were always occupied. And we found it was important to try to, not to try, we found it was important to get to know each other better. So one of the things we used to do was to try to create social opportunities where we could get together as a team, kind of let your hair down, so to speak, although there wasn't much hair at the Naval Academy back in the day. And, and just get to know each other and, and, and being able to, you know, talk and relate to each other. And I always felt that was, that was very important because you, you know, you go out and you spend a few hours in the social time with somebody, you talk to them about things that are not football related, get to know more about them or their family, some of the things that are of concern to them, you know, you understand them better, you can relate to them better. So I think that that aspect is very important. And if anybody, uh, doesn't do that, they should consider doing that. Yeah, I think that's it's so important to understand how your teammates work. And even if you're not a captain or in a leadership role on your sports teams, just knowing how to interact with, with different guys or gals on your team in order to understand their motivations, where they're coming from, their, their past experiences – the more you know about an individual, it will only enhance your ability to communicate uh, a vision and strategy and get the most out of them and, and actually get the most out of them to impact you in a certain way. And, and we did similar things on, on the lacrosse team at West Point. We went out of our way, just as you guys did, to, to kind of create social opportunities outside and away from, from the academy. We would have uh, team dinners, that weren't set up by the coaching staff or anything the, the night before games, you know, the entire offense would go out to a restaurant and eat together and, and the defense would go to another one. Um, and it wasn't necessarily to, to split the offense and defense up. It was, it was more of just a, a, a tradition that, you know, we had our own thing and there were there, you know, seniors would, would make sure that freshmen and, and sophomores were, were included in those. And, and those were the, the situations where you really get to know and you, you bond with your teammates outside of a, a kind of, forced capacity exactly i mean just as one example uh, we had one of our teammates that his father was a very high ranking uh, naval officer very high ranking and you know he he was raised in a very strict environment and was held to a very high set of of, of, of you know values uh, the bar was quite high. His father expected a lot and wrote him and wrote him quite a bit. Well, I mean, he kind of grew up with this. So, so taking that approach with him from a team standpoint did not work that well. You know, you, you heard the thing praise in public, criticize in private. Well, with some people, 
that is an absolute requirement. So you just have to understand who you're dealing with, who you're talking to, and how to talk to them. You talk, you talk with them, not at them. Yeah, exactly. And, and that just to, to dive into that a little bit more, there, there were multiple guys on our team uh, differing skill level, played a lot or didn't play a lot. But the one thing I really appreciated from our coaching staff was that I can specifically think of, of a few guys that were actually very, very skilled stars of the team. And just to see how our coach, Coach Alvarisi, dealt with them differently. You know, there were some guys that were great that, you know, he would rip them apart in practice because he knew they would respond to that well. But then at the same time, maybe someone at the same level, he would very, very rarely call them out because he knew that that individual would kind of recoil and actually go more into a shell and not be able to, to respond in the same way as those other individuals. So I think it's always important. I know you have a whole section in your book uh, about the emotional quotient and how important that emotional intelligence and interpersonal relationships are to leadership. Yeah. But, you know, as I said in the book, if you can't relate to people, you know, it's difficult to work with them. You're going to have a tough time. And you know, that, that again, refers to your self-awareness, and, you know, ability to also uh, self-control, to control what you say and to be aware of what you're saying and, and, how, you say, and how you're saying it. And, and sometimes it's not always what you say, it's how you say it, because a lot of that communication is nonverbal as well. But, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, you have 40 people on a team, you have 40 different personalities. So you have to take that into account. Yeah, and that just, it just reminded me of uh, one of the tenants we preach at, at the captain's coach that... Um, leadership is is expression and, and a form of self-expression and and one of the things you just mentioned you really have to know how you come across and in your self-awareness and understanding how you're expressing yourself because if you don't understand that you could be thinking that you're you're portraying one message but it's being received completely different so I think that's just it just reiterates the the importance of of your self-awareness and and how you are perceived by by those around you. Yeah, and, and you know, Luke, it's important to grasp the difference between positional authority and personal authority. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm referring to is just because you've been designated a captain uh, does not equate to you being an effective leader. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the leader or the captain is going to lead by the virtue of his or her uh, actions and skills and performance so you you need to be you need to be prepared and to have many of the resident qualities within you or develop them very quickly uh, in order to be effective and if you don't then you should not accept a captaincy because that is self-awareness and if you're aware of that then you're doing yourself a favor and your teammates a favor yeah, I think that's uh, an interesting point. When people are, are appointed captains, uh, I think most college teams, at least, and, and those I've talked to and in my experience, that, that captains are, are voted on by their, their teammates. So in a way, they have already uh, shown as an example what their teammates want in their leader. And if you kind of change how you are to to kind of reflect like you said more of that that positional authority instead of that personal authority that you've already 
proven that you have by virtue of them appointing you, um, I think some guys kind of fall back to the, the, the positional authority instead of kind of enhancing the, the personal authority they already have. Yeah, at the end of the day, personal authority will, will win over positional authority. 100%. Um, going further into the, the Navy football program, um, I know you guys didn't have too many conflicts d- discussing beforehand before, before the show. Um, just inherent to, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for drama or any kind of um, crises in, internal to the team. But I know you, you mentioned that as much as conflict comes about in, in that program, that grades might have been um, maybe one of the few things that ever became a real issue between the, the coaches and, and, the, and the players um, and how big of a uh, role personal responsibility played in that. Absolutely. You know, as I said earlier, there wasn't a lot of time for drama or extracurricular activities. You know, you're, I mean, there are only 24 hours in a day and we were up early and everything was crammed in. But, you know, where there, when there was, I would say, conflict or an issue that arose, the thing that immediately comes to mind is, is the issue of, of, of grades. And I, I must say to the credit of the Naval Academy and the credit of the coaches, they were definitely tuned in on that. And so, I mean, if, if there were certain football players, actually I was, I was one of them at one time, who fell under a, a certain GPA because we lost, weren't spending enough time studying or whatever. I mean, we were called in, we sat down, said, okay, here's your grade. And we expect it to be up to this level and here's what you're, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to extra instruction. You're going to study more. And we want re- weekly reports on your progress. And that did happen. And, you know, that is about not only personal responsibility, but it's also about developing the habits and having the discipline to follow through. But rather than, you know, looking for excuses, you're looking for, uh, you're looking for a way to, to fix, the, uh, fix the problem. And, you know, it, it, it turned out fine in, in each instance, but, you know, that criticism or that focus by the coaches brought attention to something that needed to be fixed and got, a, got, got, got us all back on track. And, you know, I, I, I appreciated that because at the end of the day, they really did not only lip, give lip service to it, but they actually did practice the, the concept of back then it was called the whole man concept. I think today it's probably called the whole person concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and just in terms of being well-rounded, you know, athletically, academically, uh, you know, spiritually, everything else. So that's very important. And so you need to have that balance and and not, not depend on, you know, one thing. And as you know, as you know, Luke, I mean, the time that you spent at West Point, and again, uh, love my, brothers from West Point, I always considered uh, West Point and Naval Academy to be, to be uh, brothers in arms. And I don't know if the Air Force Academy will ever get there, but I think they're trying. But you know, <laughs> we'll probably get in trouble for that one. But, but you know, as you know, I mean, you know, you played NCAA sports. You know, I did as well. But that was, that was then. You know, this is now. You, we learned some lessons from it because – and those, those have helped us. And those lessons apply to the civilian world, to the business world, and so forth. But 
you know, you don't make a living playing sports. Very few people do. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you do make a living out of building on those habits and, and, and the lessons that you've learned from sports, from school, from West Point, from the Naval Academy. And those, those values and practices and habits that they instill in you will stand you in good stead later on. And I've always uh, been very thankful for that opportunity. And I know you have as well, Luke. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and interesting you bring up the, the whole man or the whole person concept. Uh, Coach Alvarisi had uh, a thing at West Point, very similar. He called it being the, the West Point man. And it was that holistic, uh, complete individual. And I think what you, what you just brought up, Fred, was a, a, a great point that it's not all about the sports. Yes, we were doing it. And we had obviously a mission and, and a goal to strive for excellence on the field and in our respective sports programs. But at the end of the day, what those programs and those coaching staffs and, and the leaders on those teams, what, what the real goal and the real end game long-term is to develop, like you said, those habits, those fundamental values and principles that will last you a lifetime and, and be like you mentioned in your book, transferable skills across any industry and whatever ventures you, you um, enter into in life. A lot, you know, a lot of lot of similarities between, you know, West Point and and the Naval Academy. I was privileged to uh, played in some Army Navy games, and I, I was I only visited the West Point, uh, you know, campus. Is that the correct terminology, campus? Yeah, West Point campus. Okay, okay. Uh, campus, and that was that was quite was quite impressive, quite a quite a complex. You know, <laughs> as a as an aside, Luke, I've. Uh, mentioned uh, I've traveled quite a bit you know in in one business uh, the area you know during one, one experience uh, uh, 90% of our business was outside the United States so I had an international trip you know, once a month and that was for oh, seven eight years I mean I, that's why I have so many frequent flyer miles so I was up Europe one month Europe one month and Asia the next month then I just repeat the cycle so I wear I'm wearing my Naval Academy ring and you might like this. So I'm, I'm, I'll be sitting in a meeting. It could be in Beijing, could be in Seoul, could be in Kuala Lumpur, or could be in Tokyo, Berlin, Copenhagen, Stockholm, Naples, Rome, name it. Invariably, the question would come up, Mr. Stuvak, the ring, where's the ring from? Well, it's from my school. What school did you go to? Naval Academy. Naval Academy? I said, Indianapolis, Maryland. They said, what is it like? I said, well, a military school. And I said, like West Point. They go, oh, West Point. Yes, we know West Point. <laughs> so I, I, have to, I have to admit, I think there is uh, some pretty nice name recognition for West Point uh, out there. So I, you know, that's, uh, I've always got, gotten a kick out of that. Right. And you know, it's a little easier, you know, West Point. Naval Academy. So it's kind of clipped, you know, West Point. So anyhow, yeah, I thought you'd you get a kick out of that. Yeah, one. that's a funny story. I'm sure that'll be uh, much to the chagrin of, of Naval Academy grads out there. But um, always, always nice to hear that uh, West Point's on top of Navy in another category. But well, uh, and then you, but you brought up a good point. You said much to the chagrin. Uh, yeah, yeah, m- maybe. 
but it is what it is and you yeah. just have to you have you have to accept it and don't don't dwell on it yeah exactly and I, I never you know i never took it as a uh, never took it as a negative and the fact that the you know west point and the naval academy have such a strong bond between the two of them i always saw that as uh you know kind of a halo effect so to speak yeah and i've i've always at or been asked you know my feelings on the naval academy and and not to get too sidetracked but I've, I've never thought of it as, as a, um, you know, I never had anything against Naval Academy grads. We have more in common, especially as athletes than, than we do with 99% of the, the population. So, I mean, literally it's just kind of a, a couple days out of the year, your, your rivals, but the, the rest of the time, you know, it's a, it's a common bond. And a, like you said, brothers, brothers in arms, um, that it's nice to share that with, uh, another group of people outside of just the, uh, outside of the, the military academy. Um, and Luke, uh, before we go on, uh, we'd just like to take the time to congratulate the West Point, the coach, the administration, and the players for a fine season. I th what was the record, 10-2? and two? Was that it? Uh, I think they had, uh, with the bowl win, I think they were 11-2. and 11-2. and two. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty wild the last uh, couple seasons. Wish they would have been uh, that good while I was there, but. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Um, going, going back to, to Navy football, um, I know you, you wanted me to bring up a, a story about training and uh, being, being prepared before the season in terms of your, your training regimen and conditioning. Yes. Uh, you know, during the offseason, we had certain requirements. I mean, a, a, as an example, I mean, you know, I was a quarterback and I had to do certain drills each day and it was, it was the honor system. And we also had to train you know, from a, you know, running conditioning standpoint. And we had to run X number of 440s a day, so many 220s, so many hundreds. And there was a whole program that was, that was uh, outlined for us. And, you know, towards, towards the end, you had to do A, B, C, and D. And you were doing that on your own and you were supposed to do it in so, so much time, so many minutes. And then you would show up at the first day of, uh, you know, practice in, in August and you would just go through that process again. And, and, and they would, they would, they would have you run those distances and time you. And the, the point of the fact, point of the matter was if you were training, you, you did well and you, you met the times. And if you didn't, uh, there was, uh, let's put it this way, you, 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 you got in shape pretty quickly. So there was an incentive uh, there to, uh, to, to really, you know, perform and, and, and to, to get those times. And it was also an, an, you know, an honor thing too, because, you know, we were reporting that we had to, that we were doing these drills and we were running these distances and doing these times. Well, if we report that and then come back, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you, I don't know if you had something similar, but they, they put the, they put the responsibility on the individual and that's the issue that I've raised earlier. It's about personal responsibility and accountability. And it really does. And I'm not, <laughs> here's that name again. It does start with you, which is how or why I came up with the name of the book, because at the end of the day, you are responsible to yourself and no one else, no excuses. You get it done. Yeah, exactly. Um, we definitely had 
something similar. Uh, when we come back to school in, in the fall, um, there's not as heavy as an expectation since we're, we're a spring sport and, and our, our coaching staff and, and strength and conditioning teams, they, they understand we have a lot of obligations for, for military training throughout the summer. So your, your personal um, workout time might not be as much as, as a regular program. So in the fall, it's not as, um, I guess, uh, on you as much as it is when we come back from Christmas break because we, we have a pretty heavy regiment throughout the fall. Um, and winter in the weight room and, and conditioning wise. And there's definitely a, an expectation to continue that after the fall season ends, uh, doing stuff on your own before the winter break. And when you come back and, and I know our, our coaching staff was always had its eyes on, on a few guys every year. Um, and, and if you were not at where the coaching staff thought you were in those first couple of weeks back, there was, like you said, you, um, you got in shape pretty quick after that. Um, I don't yeah, remember yeah. any, uh, actually timed, uh, time trials for any kind of events, but our practices are, are set up in a way that if you're not in shape, you're not really going to make it through a whole practice anyway. So there's definitely a lot of personal responsibility and, and ownership on the individual for sure. And there's also some sacrifice involved too. And that comes with the territory, you know, a, as an example, and I think the same was true for you at West Point. You had 30 days off each summer, correct? Uh, just about, depending on what your, our, our training schedules were um, a little bit flexible and that there were different timelines for depending on what summer you're in. But yeah, I think if you played your cards right, you could, you could, get 30 days out you know depending yeah on it's, it was about about four weeks so i mean yeah. this is four weeks of vacation or downtime well I mean, that's that's fine but if you're playing football you lose a week of vacation because you are or of leave is what we called it back mm -hmm. then i'm sure you call it the same thing you use a week of you lose a week of leave because you have to report yeah week early for football yeah the, all the fall teams is so that so that's four minus one is three. Now, if you have a skill position, such as quarterback, then you have the opportunity, and it's voluntary, to come in even a week before that, a week early, mm -hmm. and practice with the quarterback coach. Now, that's voluntary. Now, come on, Luke. <laughs> Is it really voluntary? I mean, <laughs> so, you know, so four minus one equals three minus one equals two so you had literally two weeks of leave each summer and that's if things were optimized now you just have to accept it it comes with the territory no nobody was taking anything from me it was part of the program you have to accept it can't complain about it it is what it is just accept it move on yeah, exactly. And, and, and like you said, it, it kind of puts even more of a uh, importance on those two weeks, the time you have on your own. Um, it really shows even more when you have such little time, you can really differentiate um, those who really did put the time in and those who didn't. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.